Good day, everyone, and welcome to today's Living Life. Um, most of you know, uh, or some of you know by now, that I am a worship leader. I'm a worship pastor. It's one of my passions uh, that I love to do, that I've been doing for a while, and I hope that I can do for the rest of my life. And as I dwell and meditate upon just this theme, uh, and so this, I'm really enjoying uh, the, these three uh, passages that I'm able to cover for Living Life. Um, as, I, as I think about worship, um, in some sense, it has become a profession and a pro um, professional right, professionalism has entered worship, where you have pastors uh, who lead worship, whereas before, uh, I mean, there is a priesthood of all believers, but many churches now uh, require or, you know, desire pastors to lead worship, and then they have dedicated um, professional musicians, um, singers um, that are worship teams, and we have so many amazing recordings and musicians and singers and artists that I feel there's kind of a chasm now, as in worship is for them. Worship are for the people who can hit those notes, who can play in that way and those instruments who have played music their whole lives uh, and so forth, um, which is great for everything, which is great. But in a sense, has it become an end in itself where it is a desired profession, vocation, uh, an end that people strive for. Because in the past, I have heard of people that have seen people who desire to join the praise team to sing with a microphone, to be on stage, where it's an end. To be on the praise team is an end. But um, that is definitely not what should be happening. Because when that happens, worship becomes joyless, as worshipers lack joy and thanksgiving for what they do. Uh, when they basically achieve just a little tiny bit Insequential bit of what they are supposed to do and how they are supposed to do, and that is the focus of being on God. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Second Chronicles chapter 29, verses 29 through 36. When the offerings were finished, the king and everyone present with him knelt down and worshiped. King Hezekiah and his officials ordered the Levites to praise the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with gladness and bowed down and worshipped. Then Hezekiah said, You have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. The number of burnt offerings the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams, and 200 male lambs, all of them for burnt offerings to the Lord. The animals consecrated as sacrifices amounted to 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep and goats. The priests, however, were too few to skin all the burnt offerings, so their relatives, the Levites, helped them until the task was finished and until other priests had been consecrated, for the Levites had been more conscientious in consecrating themselves than the priests had been. There were burnt offerings in abundance, together with the fat of the fellowship offerings and the drink offerings that accompanied the burnt offerings, so the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. 
Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. Now, before I continue, uh, let me say that I am not talking down, or nor am I against uh, people or Christian musicians um, or worship leaders getting paid for what they do. Uh, because technically, I am one of those people. I am a, uh, technically, I'm a professional worshiper, as in I'm a worship pastor, I'm a worship leader, and a big part of my full-time vocation and job as a pastor is to lead and to facilitate uh, worship and to lead teams and to lead Sunday worship uh, and so forth. But what I am saying is that we can sometimes become thankful for the tools of worship, for the means, the environment, or even the leaders of worship than and over the object of worship itself, which is God, right? Worship is to, for, through God, all about God. But sometimes we make it about the peripheral thing. Right? Who's leading worship? Who's singing? What kind of instruments? What kind of music style even? King Hezekiah himself publicly recognizes and affirms that the true king, the object of worship of all Israel, not just of Judah, is God. Verse 28 and 29 says, so joining yesterday and today's passage, um, verse 28, the whole assembly bowed in worship, the whole, everyone, including King Hezekiah, while the musicians played and the trumpets sounded. All this continued until the sacrifice of the burnt offering was complete, completed. Verse 29, when the offerings were finished, the king and everyone present with him knelt down and worshipped. Worship is the recognition of God as the King, as God. Worship is recognizing that we are sinners before God, that we are not worthy. Worship is communion. It is harmony with God through the sacrifice and blood of His own Son, Jesus Christ. Worship is union with God, joyful recognition that the gap between God and us has been closed. So this joyful recognition is practical and active. It is not just a minded thing where you understand, nod your head, and yes, I appreciate that. It is practical and active. Having been consecrated, the way is now open for everyone to worship, even individually. Right? That you don't have to depend uh, on even the high priest. Committed uh, to the service of God now that uh, they are all, we are all no longer condemned in our sins. In, uh, in the sins of people. So after the high priest, after they do uh, the, the offering, the sacrifices, people are now able to come individually and bring their peace offerings. And that is what we see uh, in today's passage at the end of chapter 29. And the peace offerings are voluntary. Right? There are no laws. You, if you don't do it, there is nothing against you. Your sins are not, not forgiven. Right? And uh, it's for the sheer joy, voluntary joy of it, because people want to, because people desire to. It's like me getting a hug from my son when I go to picking up, pick him up at the daycare. You know, because, uh, and he sees me, I, you know, his smile brightens up, he gets a bright smile, and then he runs to me and says, Daddy, and then he gives me a hug. That, that is like the best thing in the world, right? Because, and I say this, because sometimes when I ask him for a hug, he won't hug me. He says, no, and he'll turn away and so forth, right? But when he does that voluntarily, the moment he sees me, it's, there's nothing better in the world. And that is what a peace offering is like to God because um, it's the individual gratitude and the praise of God. It recognizes the peace that we now have with God. 
Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And continuing Ephesians 2, verse 13 and on says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hospitality hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility hostility bringing to God a peace offering today this is what we are taught to do in light of the mercies of God to present ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, it says in Romans 12.1. So in light of the mercies and the grace of God, nothing less than ourselves is reasonable as a peace offering for those who are redeemed, for we who are the redeemed. And Hebrews 13.15-16 says, Through him, Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of, pr of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. This is a peace offering to God for us to participate in today. So the last passage that I read, Hebrews 13, 15 to 16, what is the sacrifice of praise that we are to continually offer up to God? The same passage tells us it is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge God. It is the fruit that does good and share because that this pleases God. The fruit of our service, the fruit of the life that is in service, that follows, that serves as as Christ came to serve and not to be served. And this is pleasing to God. This is the sacrifice of praise that we can give Him. So today, as you worship Him, this Sunday, this weekend, as you worship God, let's dwell upon this, the fruit of our lives, the fruit of our service. If you're not in service, then you will have no fruit. That is something for us to think about and to offer to God, which is our lives today. Yeah, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word once again uh, that guides our lives, Lord. Uh, today, uh, as we desire to grow as worshippers, uh, may you receive our peace offering. May you receive the sacrifice of praise, uh, of devotion, um, of service that we bring to you. as uh, Lead us to serve and to share, uh, to live for others, not just for ourselves, God, so that you may be pleased, so that we, our lives may be a pleasing offering to you. Lead us, our eyes, O oh God, and our paths so that we can go to the places and be at the places that we are needed to serve so we can be your hands and feet. We thank you for your word today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer, see Jesus.